Good evening, Monadnock Region, and welcome to Go Mo Tonight, the Monadnock Region's only weekly, locally inspired comedy podcast. I'm here in the Space Lounge as your host, Chris DiLoretto, with my co-host, Zoe Roten-Heinzman. And today, for a first-time-ever treat, we open our episode with a very special guest, artist Brandy Patterson. Brandy, thank you for joining us today on the program. Well, thank you for having me. Finally. Exactly. It does. It feels it feels like it's yes, it feels like it this has been building and needing to happen for a long time. We have talked about Brandy several times on the show. Um and this Friday, this episode should be coming out by Wednesday or Thursday. We're recording this on Friday the 15th right now. Um so this should be out in a few days, but Friday the 22nd. Brandy's art, which is currently hanging, as we've mentioned, in the library as part of its, you know, rotating um, exhibit, is going to have a special event. And Chad, who is our sound lord, is going to be there to play some music accompanying Brandy as we explore these paintings together. So we're super, super excited. We're all going to be there. Um, it's going to be great. But Brandy, please tell us a little bit about your art and about the art exhibit. All right. Well, so as you said, it's at the Peterborough uh, Library, which, by the way, is a gorgeous library. Just it's wonderful. Yeah, wow. It <laughs> um, so if you haven't gone, now's the time to go. Um, and so uh, there in the uh, community uh, gallery space um, is some really big paintings that were um, a collaborative project with my husband. So not only is he the sound lord, but he also um, is a musician and a a songwriter. So in the last uh, two, three years, he's been working on some music of his own. And uh, he released those on SoundCloud. And I was really wanting to do a collaborative piece with him. Um, and that's kind of been in the works for the last kind of year and a half. Um, and this kind of started with uh, seeing that the the library had an open space to just present a show i thought why don't we have my artwork up on the walls but it be kind of riffed off of your music um and i guess probably like a year or so ago i realized i have sort of a synesthesia type of response i i didn't know that until i was talking with chad about it, and he's like no that's not normally probably a thing like <laughs> no i don't see that so i was like oh okay so if you don't <laughs> know what that is that means it's an involuntary response in your brain when you hear like sound or colors or numbers it's different for different people and then it involuntarily creates another response um so for me when i hear music or feel like really intense deep emotions it tends to then i see colors um not just randomly they don't just like flash by my eyes. It's a little bit more of a concentrated effort. Um, so because I discovered this, I was like, well, that would be a really cool show if I mm -hmm. took your music and um, tried to translate that into paintings. Um, and so that's what I set out to do. And the library thought that was a great idea. And uh, so I worked three, four months on it. And I listened, we picked the songs that he was like, yep, those ones I want, I want to use. And I just listened to them on repeat. I took a lot of notes, um, sketches, um, and then, yeah, just kind of worked from there on how do I translate what I see into what, uh, so someone else can see it. It's, you know, what am I experiencing? How do I get that in, in front of other people? So that's the broad terms. And so the show has um, three large canvases, uh, which each resembles one of his uh, songs, corresponds with that. And then alongside them are paintings along the process that I was doing. So what I also wanted to show is paintings, as with any other creative work, writing, a podcast, mm -hmm. <laughs> music. Um, we don't just sit down the first time round and just like bang it out. And you're like, right masterpiece you know a lot yeah. of like just bad stuff comes out like the ugly messy phase and a lot of people if you're not in the creative realm don't know that and as i've been um you know married to chad and we 
talk a lot about the creative um, overlap between writing music and creating art and how the processes are a lot times the same. Um, I wanted to show that visually. So when I was painting some of the works, I actually stopped a lot of the practice paintings at different stages and set those aside so that the viewer can see that the original, like the, the final painting <laughs> didn't start that way. <laughs> right. Um, and so you can see like, this is a practice painting. This one is also a practice painting and they don't look anything alike, but you can kind of see how they sort of blend together. Um, and then, then the final part about the, the show there, if you go to the Peterborough uh, library is there's a QR code, use your fancy phones, scan it, and it will actually direct you to the song that Chad, um, wrote, produced, did his sound Lord magic on. Um, and so you can listen to it and see the work that corresponds with it at the same time. Um, so that's, yeah, that's sort of the overview overview. So if you've got questions, go, and then I'll answer. <laughs> so I just, I just, did you create this show for the Peterborough library space? Yes. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, so they because on awesome. they were like, "Hey, we got this new space," and I, I think both of you actually sent me the like, "Hey, you should like submit your work." Yeah, I th- like, as soon oh. as I saw it, I did. I was like, "Oh, Brandy, <laughs> this is a great opportunity." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Well, I'm not exactly in the region, but I'll submit no. anyways, and we'll see if they're okay with." It. And they were like, "Yeah, we're you know we're fine." Some people think like local is like literally, you know, Peterborough or right, you know, a little bit more expansive. So. Um, I did. So they had pictures of it. I had gone and visited it in uh, November, December, so I could see the space and understand it a little bit better. And then I did when I had, because I had to submit what a show was for. I was like, yeah, why not? Let's just create a show just for that space. Um, That's so cool. And then when I presented it, they're like, are you ready in January? I was like, I don't have any paintings done. I time. <laughs> 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 So we're like, well, we could do April. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds better. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, it was good fun. Nice. Um, yeah, and they we, have we like, like, uh, such an easy hanging system there. So I was like, well, that was fine. And Chad does all the big ladders. So that, he was in charge of that. <laughs> had to climb up oh, there. Oh, that's cool. Them. So do they have, um, like, is it built sort of like to make this easy? Yes. So, and that's what I loved is when they were thinking about oh, cool. like a library as a community space, you know, um, you know, use the, the conference rooms for different types of events, but they, mm-hmm. they specifically made the up landing before you walk into the library to that big, huge, what is that? The 18 something room, 33 room, the 1833 room. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that kind of community gallery is right there on the landing and they really yeah. did think that through and gave some really beautiful, large wall spaces and spent the money on some track lighting as well as an easy track install. One, then the library's not constantly putting holes in their nicely done walls and True, no one really yeah. wants to fill holes and repaint anyways. So yeah, they invested in some beautiful, you know, easy hang, um, and lighting and they've got, um, I do have a display case there, which shows some of the tools that I use, some of the paint, some of Chad's guitar strings, some yep. of just my notes when I was going through this process, um, sketches and bits. So you can kind of get an idea again of the process to create, um, peel back the curtain on that and just be like, this is kind of the messy middle bit before we get to the masterpiece <laughs> over here, you know? So. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, space. I love that. And that's cool too, because I mean, there's so many little things like that about the library. And that was one that I didn't know was that they had actually like, you know, m- you know, made it so that th- things could be hung and rehung easily. And the yeah. ladies, it, it certainly looks perfect. Um, but that's really cool that it's, <laughs> it's also easy from a, you know, like from an artist's, um, you know, yeah. hanging and setting yeah. perspective. Yeah. But, that yeah. makes us happy. That's, you yeah. know, I don't have no, to bring totally. as much. <laughs> <laughs> Makes us all happy, I think. Yeah. Um, so, um, so with like the practice paintings, one thing that I was wondering as I looked at them is, is there like what, um, what kind of marks the point where you stop on that practice painting? Yeah, that was really hard because that's not something I've I've done before. Um, yeah. And it was easy to want to just keep going on them and exploring the ideas. So I when I was selecting each song, I just said, this is how many canvases I allotted myself so much um, 
canvas to work on, to practice on. And when I paint anyways, I tend to paint in multiples. Mm-hmm. So I would have, say, like three or four canvases before I started on the big one to just get colors going and get marks going down, kind of get the ideas flowing. And then um, I might have liked where something was and been like, ooh, that's really cool. And then I would just kind of, it was really hard, actually, to just stop and set that mm-hmm. canvas aside and then just continue to go, okay, what else is next? What would, what would I want to try? Um, and then working on the big one maybe alongside that and go, okay, well, I like what's going on in the practice ones. Let's translate that onto the big one. And well, it never translates well because going small to big is not really that easy either. That's a whole nother mm-hmm. challenge, but sure. And then I'm working on the big one and I might come back to the practice ones again, try some more things on there um, and getting to a point of like, Oh, that's an interesting stage. Again, stop pull take mm-hmm. I like had to take them out of the studio because I would lose track of which practice <laughs> went with which painting. <laughs> so they were like all over my house. Like this one goes with this one. Um don't get them confused, you know. Yeah. It was a thing. Um and then at the end when I was curating uh the work, so everything that's up there is not everything that I practiced on, obviously. Mm. Um so I went and was like, okay, where, what shows a good transition from one kind of practice to another, you know, some practice paintings can look really, really similar. Um, but others can just look completely opposite. So mm-hmm. I wanted to show a little bit of that as well. So, but it was hard cause I wanted to just keep working on the practice painting. And yeah. Like, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, these are going in a really cool place. I'm like, right. Oh no, I need those. Like, Oh, I guess I got to stop. You know? <laughs> That's interesting that they're not really sketch it. You know, they're not really practice paintings in like you're working out a full idea that then you're going to take over here, that there's kind of like a back and forth. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. I, t- I tend to work that way anyways. Um, I, I love working large. So one, when the library was like, we have big, tall walls, like my heart's just really happy. Yeah. Um, I really don't like working small, but uh, so, but to work large, I needed to just I like to just work large and just get all the ideas on one, but because I wanted to show those layerings that a lot of times in my finished work, you don't know that I've painted over it probably 20 or 30 times. You don't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, you only see glimpses of that. Um, so having to go back and forth between the big ones and the small ones or the other ones I had was, was a, a new learning experience for me as well. Um, and also not trying to make the little ones like a finished piece, leaving them kind of raw and like, ooh, that's kind of ugly. That's the point. Like, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, I, w- I shouldn't put a be, for me, I wouldn't want to put a price tag on some of the price um, practice paintings. No. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, w- I was wondering that too. I was like, what if somebody wants to buy them? Because I didn't see any prices. Yeah. It's not, nope, not that's an option. Why, that's why it says price. <laughs> paintings yeah right right because right. <laughs> like i um so i also there when, when you go to the library um on one of the walls has a little bit of a bio of myself and my process mm-hmm. and also of chad so he tried to give a little bit um that's by each painting as well like a little bit of a write-up on like how i yep. approached it and then how he did on that kind of technical musical end um you know trying not to give everyone a wall code. of text either because you know yeah don't need to fall asleep, but, um, <laughs> no, I thought they were appropriately sized. Yeah. They, they were, they were, they were moderate, you know, yeah, like, you, yeah. know, you know, um, talking to writers here, you know, just like, okay, no, yeah, 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 no it was, it was concise. Yeah. <laughs> well can edited. We, can we yeah. bullet point it? You know? Right. Um, yeah. It's a thing, but, um, I have no idea where I was going with that thought, but anyways, if you're at the library, there is a little bit more like bio information of how those kind of came about, um, for both of us. Yeah. And I think you can see it. Like I'm looking at a picture right now that I took, um, last night of, um, and I'll, I'll include it with the episode, but it's of the, um, crying in the rain and with the practice paintings on either side. And you can totally see it. Like it really almost looks like not that it's a combination of the two, but almost like uh, they're its parents, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and so like the, the yeah. painting is, it's, it's not cause you know, like a child is not just a, quite just a combination, you know, that you can see anyways, right? It's right. a, it's a, it's a blend and a production that it's a third thing that comes out, you know, but you can, you can totally see it. Like, 
it's like the you know it's like the spirit of this and the spirit of this are they're in, they're in it you know uh, but not the same yeah exactly um and there is the continuation of um which was intentional as well like color palette um and so instead of each kind of um in a way that's a bit of what i see um mm-hmm. and then also a, a conscious choice as well of it is a show so it is a collection so i wanted it to kind of feel like it did kind of all go together so that that dynamic of what i see in my kind of mind's eye and actually how do i curate something was also really interesting um, mm-hmm. for me to work through um because it doesn't always translate well like what's up here <laughs> what can come out um in a painting so yeah, I want to ask a little more about the synesthesia bit. Like, my whole family has number color synesthesia. Okay. We learned this when my daughter was turning five, I think. And she was like, oh, I'm so glad to be turning five because five is green and I love that color. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? She had no idea that other people didn't see this. And so it turns out they all see these numbers. I do not see numbers of any color, not even black. When I think of a number there, it's not a visual experience for me. Mm. Um, so I was just wondering your version of synesthesia is music and emotions. I'm really intrigued by the fact that you recently discovered this and then just, is it because you, you didn't know that other people weren't seeing it? So you didn't know to talk about it or do you feel like it's something that developed later in life? Um, I think I became more aware of it later in life. Um, and I think because I've in the last two to three years have focused a lot more creatively, I do have a background in education of, of art. Um, I went to college for art and things like that. Um, but really focusing on creative output, um, when you put it in, it comes out. So I was, I think I just became a lot more aware of what I was seeing and then living with another creative, um, I think just kind of enhanced that a little bit as we talked through it. So then I was saying like, Hey, you know, when I experience this or I hear this, well, I'm starting to see like orange at this note. And he's like, Hmm, that's interesting. Tell me more. Like, when does that happen? And I'm like, um, is that a thing? Honestly, why do I have to explain that? We talk to about you? it because everyone's going to be like, what have you been smoking? Or like, yeah, right. are you okay? You know, what are you guys doing in this creative household of yours? Right. Like really what's going on. Um, yeah. So I just don't think, you know, we talk about it or like your, your, your child. Um, it's so normal that we don't think that it's not, not normal for somebody else, you know, like, well, right. obviously it's green. Cause I experience it. So, right. Oh wait, you don't experience it, you know, um, right. so a little bit of that. So I think it was just, I was getting more aware of it. Um, and then talking about it, realizing like, Oh, that's, that's like, you don't see that when you listen to music, Chad, like, no. Oh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anybody else you know like right. and I heard of, of the of the synesthesia before so i actually had to like look it up and be like oh that's what's going on because i wasn't oh, actually, wow. like sure you know like mm, that sounds weird were you worried were you like am i developing a brain tumor or were you <laughs> is this a side effect of being a mom like oh. <laughs> okay um i think it also kind of began a little bit more last year i started um, I did a 100 day project and I only did 40 days of it, but it was related to music and colors. And I was almost doing the same thing where I would listen to a song on repeat, but I only had five minutes. And then I had to immediately respond to the music with whatever I had on hand. I couldn't overthink it. I couldn't like make it pretty. Um, and so I remember um, that probably not kickstarted it, but it made me much more aware because I was already tuning my ear to listen and respond very quickly. Um, and so I did like 40 days of that and, um, wow. so interesting. Did, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of the hundred day project. It's quite a fun, like creative 
um, thing for writers or artists or anyone who wants to do something for a hundred days. Um, I've only done ever 40 cause I lost steam after a while. <laughs> I was going to say, I am horrible at doing anything every single day without missing it. And, but yeah, 40 days is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, even yeah. making it that far. Yeah. A hundred days is, um, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't do it this year. I was going to do it this year, but I was working on this show for the Peterborough library and I just couldn't do both at the same time. Not enough yeah, bandwidth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of having a lot going on, like what, um, what are some of the other things um, that you have upcoming? Okay. Well, so tomorrow um, I will be in Concord at the Everett arena. There is a kind of craft fair. We don't really use the term art fair here in New Hampshire. It's more like arts mm. and crafts, but anyway, yeah, that's true. Small business fair. Let's go with that. Cause we're all yeah, trying sure. to sell something. So yep. Makes um, sense. <laughs> anyway, so I will be at the Ever arena tomorrow in Concord from 10 to three. And I've got some mm-hmm. smaller um, paintings, uh, which go great for, for gifts. Or if you don't have a lot of space on your walls, like just smaller works on paper and some in some frames. So I'll be doing that tomorrow. Um, and today, so if I you're tempted to buy a, pra- a small practice painting, Brandy has actual completed <laughs> paintings that are <laughs> no, I don't sell practice well. paintings. I don't sell practice paintings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, they get painted over again or burned. You know, yeah, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, no, we're not allowed to burn in the city, so we'd have to go somewhere else. Anyways, um, yeah. And so then today actually here. was a big. What's <laughs> <was> a big? <laughs> was a big day for me. Um, so I had a collection that came out last uh, September called my Inhale Exhale Collection. It's a very vibrant pinks and purples and blues. Um, and that whole remaining collection, because I've sold some pieces from that already, but the remaining of that actually went to um, Bank, Pro- Bank Prov Lobby for the Arts. That's a mouthful. Um, in Exeter for the remainder part of the year. So their lobby is full of now my art. So anyone in the Exeter region or going over to the Seacoast or whatever, um, they have it there. So they support artists in their lobbies. So that's what I've been doing. Anything else I've been doing? That's it. That's really. I, I love the colors of that collection, by the way. That, Thank you. That pink is one of my favorites. The pink and blue in that collection is really cool. Yeah, it's. I'm definitely going even more neon. Like you can see the work behind me is even brighter. Um, I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it could be because I'm a mom. And so just all of the delight of life <laughs> is sucked out of you. So you've got to find some. <laughs> <laughs> some way to bring it back. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. And so then the other, the last thing would be um, next Friday's opening is uh, at the Peterborough Library is the kind of the next biggest um, item on my list. And then there's a, I'm going to breathe over the summer a little bit. I say that, but I probably won't. Um, yeah, but for now <laughs> you can tell yourself that at least. Yeah, totally. I'm going to, I'm going to try. There's no, yeah. there's no impending deadlines. Um, so we're good. So next That's Friday great. at the Peterborough library from five to seven, um, I'm going to be there. Chan's going to be there at about six o'clock. He's going to actually play the music live that, excuse me, is, um, that has inspired the work. Obviously he won't have a drum kit and have like all the, you know, recording bits, but he's going to play it live um, there at the library. Um, So he's going to sing the songs and then you get to look at the art. The library will be open. Hopefully we won't interrupt anyone wanting to do any work. (laughs) It's okay. It's not that quiet in there. Like it's not one of those silent libraries. I don't feel like we, we go in and out of there all the time having meetings and and events and things like that. And yeah, truly a community. Yeah. Yeah. And on a Friday, like nobody's going to be like, shh. (laughs) It's not that kind of library. Fortunately, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, if that's the case, I'll be like, get some headphones. This is twenty. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, no, um, the libraries, uh, you know, we're able to have opening receptions and gatherings um, in the space. So we'll be there. I'll be there. You know, talking about the work. Just any questions, um, pointing out, you know, the fun nuances of each piece. Um, and I think the library is, uh, providing some light refreshments. I don't know what that entails are, yeah. at the moment, but they yep. said they got that covered. So I was like, all right, you know, 
They do it. No they do alcohol. It right over that's there. not allowed in the library. So yeah, right. Sorry. right. Yes, yes, yes <laughs> that is that is true. This is it's not like a silent library, but it's also not a booze library either. So he's <laughs> <laughs> wondering. No, no, it's not one of those. Medium. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's happy. To, important to point out, you know, Friday night event. Um, you have to wait till after. Um, yeah. but as long as that's not a concern for you. Um, right. Right. Yeah. It's. It's. Yeah. That's not allowed in libraries. They, I, I right. was reading somewhere that like there was one library. I don't think it was in New Hampshire, but they got like a special liquor license for just opening reception nights or like they had oh, like a yearly auction or something. And so uh, they can do some wine or something. Yeah. Just for that night. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise is, they're not allowed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, cool. that's really what I, I'm, I'll be up doing. Um, and then, like I said, through the summer, remaining part of the spring and the summer, I'm just going to. I'll be in the studio. Um, I was going to say, have some time to create. You need that I, time. I know. Yeah. I, I yeah. have to make some more work. Um, yeah. But I don't have like a deadline of like another show coming up. I've kind of just um, take a breather on that. Um, and then I can just play in the studio and create and explore and, and enjoy the summer in, in all the parts of that, you know. Which is uh, totally important and awesome. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think well, I have one last yeah, go ahead, question. Joey. Yeah, please. Um, yeah. I was looking at your website and I saw that it said all your current paintings are non-edible. So I was just wondering if you had an edible <laughs> painting line <laughs> planned for the summer oh, or beyond. That was, I would love that. I'm so glad you found that. It's like a little Easter egg nugget in there. I think you're the only person that's ever mentioned that little like. Oh, that's awesome. Remark. <laughs> um, not currently, but. I would love to have some way, again, that experience of like, how do we create work that is more than just for the eyes? So that thought is always kind of in the back of my head. Like paintings obviously are very visual, but like, can they taste it? I don't know. And can you smell like it? Like a Willy Wonka wallpaper. Yes. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Be without cool. any extra help of any outside substances, you know, just- <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah the, currently i don't have a an, an edible range of artwork <laughs> that would be I'm interesting look, i'm like trying to find this now <laughs> <laughs> like it's on like my about page like on the all the way down um if you find really it tell, send it to me and i'll send you yeah. a discount code anyways um That's yeah awesome. there's not, nothing currently edible um i don't know maybe maybe a collaboration with a local like you know, pastry chef or a, or a, you know, candy company or something that, you know, we collaborate on colors and themes or something that would be kind of cool. I'm open for a collaboration, so interesting, yeah. you know, so, and then it would be edible. It would be like, <laughs> buy this chocolate inspired by Brandy's paintings. <laughs> that would be oh, really fun. That is so awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Well, Brandy's website is bmpatterson.com. And again, let us all know if you find the, um, the quote about things being um, edible or not. And um, Brandy will be at the Peterborough Town Library. The, the um, uh, you know, again, on Friday night, the 22nd from five to seven, the art will be at the library all the way through May 28th. So it's been up since April 1st. And it's going to continue on through. So I really kind of love it that they're doing these like two month at a time exhibits, um, which is which is super neat. Um, so check out Brandy's website. Come and see us all on the 22nd at 5 p.m. It's going to be awesome. And, um, you know, just a really cool community art event on a Friday night. And, um, you know, stay tuned. But, you know, Brandy, thank you again. We always say that you and Chad are our biggest fans in Manchester and that you guys are honorary Monadnock region people. <laughs> um, and so we, we can't wait to see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing you. Yes. Thanks. All right. Take care. Good evening once again, Monadnock Region. We are, of course, back in the Space Lounge after our wonderful conversation with artist Brandy Patterson. And here I am joined 
by my co-host. Zoe Roten-Heinzman. And Sam Abbott. And I'm your host, Christy Loretto, once more. And of course, this is we're doing a little doing this a little different this time. This is the second part of our episode. Every time prior to now, when we've had a guest, we've we've put them last. And I just was thinking to myself, like, I don't know if that's right, especially since we really wanted to promote Brandy, uh, Brandy's event with her husband, our sound lord, Chad Patterson, at the Peterborough Town Library, at her standing exhibit, um, accompanied by Chad's music, Friday night. So this episode, we're recording this on Holy Thursday, April 14th at 10 p.m. And we intend for this episode to be out at least within seven days. So should you should have at least a one-day warning before um, committing, which you should do, to going to this event uh, on Friday, April 22nd in the library um, in the evening. So, uh, but with that being said, we did want to gather after that delightful conversation to circle back. We've got some updates on a couple of stories that we have covered in the past. Now, this week, our top story in the Monadnock region, I don't know if anybody was anticipating this this week. I didn't see any like preliminary articles leading up to this, but uh, as regular listeners have known, I have been a big proponent of the hashtag Free Britney movement, not Britney like Britney Spears, but B-R-I-T-A-N-Y, Britney Barron, our own local unwilling murder accomplice um who is being it's it's the, just the facts sir. nicely put um, though you know I gotta yes give a little there. <laughs> she she is i but but in all seriousness she's been in jail um pre-trial um up north and she's being freed on parole Brittany baron for those of you guys who don't know really tragic awful story happened down the street from one of my favorite places cathedral of the pines annette state park um, which I just I can't bring myself to go to after after this terrible story. It was the fall of 2020 or late summer, technically, I guess. I don't think it was quite the fall yet, but um, Brittany Barron's husband, whose name is escaping me from, I have the article right here. It's Armando or it's Ar- um, Armando. Armando. It is yeah. Armando. For some reason, it didn't sound right. Armando. Discovered she was having an affair with a coworker, used her phone to lure the coworker to Annette State Park in the middle of the night, brutally beat his wife, brutally beat the guy, ordered his wife to kill the guy. She refused to do it. He ends up killing the guy. And at his command, she helped him dismember the body and hide it in a campsite where she stood guard on it up north at which time she was found and arrested and he was arrested as well. Look, I just personally, I just, I feel like she's a victim. I, I, I don't think she should have been locked up, but they did. They went hard at her. They really, they charged her with like, I don't know, eight or nine different charges between misdemeanors and felonies. It basically amounted to, you know, hiding a body, abetting a murder like that, you know, those kind of charges. And again, I'm like, what choice do you have at that point? Like, I mean, he's this guy, is a, a dangerous person. Um, I, I right. think pretty clearly. And I, I just don't blame someone for trying to keep their life. And I don't, I don't think that they should be jailed for that. So she's, she was, she, she made a plea deal with prosecutors. She pled guilty in the fall. I think that's around the time that we probably discussed this. And uh, she pled guilty to a couple of the charges. She got like a, a reduced sentence of like something like six and a half years with two years suspended, something like that. And, and I think she pled guilty to three counts of falsifying evidence. Yeah, um, that's right. Yep. And, and so that carry, so yes. Yeah, so, oh, that's right. So the sentence was three and a half to seven years in state prison with two years, two of those years suspended on the condition of good behavior. Um, now, because she's been in jail now for over a year in pretrial confinement, um, the, and plus the suspended sentence, under New Hampshire guidelines, she's eligible for parole because she is cooperating in the case against her husband, which has yet to go forward. The prosecutors are saying, give her the parole. Let her out. She's in a halfway house now. She'll be released very soon with an ankle bracelet for 90 days. And then she's she's on parole, I think, for the remainder of the sentence is usually how that goes. But, okay. um, but she's, she's, she's free a, from... She's a free woman, as long as she doesn't commit any other crimes. And I think that's good. 
And I don't know how she can possibly like move on with her life. And, and I think she seems to feel that way as well. She's very contrite. She has extreme regret about this, but I, I hope that she can, um, because it's a terrible, terrible story. I just, I just don't think it was her fault. And a lot of people want to blame her and it bothers me. Uh, the people are so cruel and like throw the book at people like, yeah, like the whole situation's awful. Uh, but I just think that she's a victim and I don't, I just don't agree. Um, and I'm glad she's free. So congratulations, Brittany on the parole. I really wish you well. I hope that you can get past this and you know, here, That's here. all there is to it. But yeah. we don't have a lot of murder stories around here, and we try to talk about them every time we have them, like any good local news source. You got to play up the murders. Yeah. And um, so we have, you know, we, you know, kind of had to circle back on that. It's, it's sort of important. But um, of course, the other thing that we want to talk about, not to be, we, we've gone outside. Of course, this, you know, this happened on the, the Jaffrey Ringe line. We've, we've gone outside of Peterborough for, six minutes or so of, mm-hmm. of the program <laughs> for once. Um, now we're coming back, coming, coming back, coming back to the Imperial center of the region. And uh, because we've had some responses to our initial political coverage, um, mainly our coverage of uh, the town meeting deliberative session. And I just want to say to open the discussion that <laughs> we titled this episode, that that episode, our prior episode, episode twenty-three, the most important thirty thousand dollars that you've never heard of, and the response to the episode has only underscored <laughs> the fact that this is apparently in the thirteen million dollar budget. This is the most important thirty thousand dollars that's in there. It's so important that we might, God, we might just have to hold a debate just about this subject somehow. Um, I don't know. Listeners, because we know you're out there because you're responding to these things. If you're really interested in seeing something like that, please let us know and we'll make it happen. If there's actually interest in like devoting time to um, a debate on this particular thing, let's do it. Let's do it. But um, I don't know. What, what, uh, tell us, uh, Zoe, this, about what happened. This, yeah, would this be just to... Would this be part of our candidates debate that we are? I don't want to necessarily take away from the candidates. That's kind of why I want people to weigh in on it because I think it'll require a separate event. Maybe we just do it online. Maybe we do it at the library. I don't know. I'm kind of open to whatever, but if people are really demanding, truly, again, I, I'm not convinced it needs to happen because it's $30,000 and now it's $15,000. Actually, let's be clear. It's become only $15,000. It's not even 30 anymore. I'm not sure that's worth a debate, but if the people want a debate on $15,000, by God, we are here to provide it. <laughs> that's right. So, in the spirit so of our founding fathers. Go ahead. The discussion that is, that's going on on Facebook right now mm-hmm. between several notable Peterboroughians Um is about let's see some of the some of the facts of this situation you may have read more all of those i don't know if i read all of them i got i, I got I the did. ones that were on the gomenadnock which were like we did we did learn that it's mandy sliver that's important yes a couple of people chimed in thank you for the help on that we really didn't know and and mandy might be a little bit slower to listen to the program and so she didn't correct us herself but it is sliver not sliver and it's definitely not silver, but apparently some people say sliver. We didn't make that mistake. We just were unsure if it was sliver or sliver because sliver is a word, S-L-I-V-E-R. I mean, it wasn't, uh, right. I don't think we were out of line or anything, but it's, we were corrected to say that it's in fact sliver for sure. So g- glad we've accomplished yes. that. Yes. But also, uh, <laughs> alongside that correction were some other comments about the Economic Development Authority and the, the history of this, of this money and this group. And, you know, it, it is, I think it was Selectman Bill Kennedy who posted a link or at least a, a reference to a select board set of meeting minutes from exactly a year ago from 
from April 2021 that has a has a breakdown of what the impact has been of this money uh, given to Drum Production Studio to to do these Facebook posts for the town um, to make these not just Facebook posts that that minimizes it right so it's like yeah, multiple video social media involved. posts yeah. videos like really cool videos weren't you in they're one? nice videos no they are they're very good videos yeah. Didn't didn't you get featured in one? I wasn't in a video. I got a post. I got a, oh, I you got a post. Okay, okay. Um, Maybe they should have given me a video, and I would have been a more vocal supporter. I'm just kidding. I'm just, just joking. Maybe so. I am corrupt. I am corruptible, but I'm not. I'm kidding. I'm joking. But I already said I'm know, probably voting for the 15k. So it is. Before I get into some of the details of what is in this packet. It is really interesting to me, and I think this was brought up at the meeting, and I just didn't, it just didn't like click until I read it. But the town, yes, Jean Jean Deitch actually did mention this, and I had completely forgotten it. The town actually voted to up the money. Like when they asked, when the EDA initially went to the town, to the town at the 2016 town meeting, they asked for $48,000. And there was an amendment to bring it up to $70,000. They were like, in the mood to spend that year, I guess. They were in the mood to spend. <laughs> and I just find that so interesting. Like, a lot has changed since 2016, I guess. A I lot. Mean, a lot. <laughs> you know, I guess. Like, I can't tell. But that's an interesting one, right? Where the town is, like, chomping at the bit. Like, let's let's do this. Let's make these posts. Like, give them more money. Rock on. And that was a five-year Five-year funding commitment, um, not $70,000 a year, but $70,000 for the five years, which is about to expire. Or no, it did expire last summer. So. And so that's about the, okay, so that's, I, you know, I'm not, math isn't my greatest strong point, but that is about 15K a year, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> a little, yeah. A little less, yeah. Right? Less. Slightly less, but so it's like, it's not like it's going up or anything. Like it's like, it's, this is really just to sort of continue what's been going on. And of yeah. course, because it's a new deal, let's just be clear. We understand before somebody corrects us that it doesn't automatically go to drum. It's a, it goes out to bid, you know, um, it's, well, that, uh, because it's a new contract. I'm not sure that it, I, I would love to be corrected on this. So if folks are listening who have better info, I'm not sure it did ever go out to bid. Ooh, could be opening a can of worms there. Um, it, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it, it says here, in August 2018, the EDA advised that the town contract with the locally based two-person company, Drum Inc. Interesting. Interesting. And who knows, it's possible that that, because somebody in the meeting cited a ten thousand dollar threshold um, after you know if your contract is over ten thousand, then it's got to go up to bid. It's entirely possible that that's a rule that didn't exist six years ago. I have no, I mean, I really don't know. It sounds like yeah. a state law to me, um, and but I don't know. I don't yeah, know that. I don't. I'm just reading what's in the report. I'm not totally sure the yeah. details either. Yep. Um, but there was there were a lot of calls for. Um, metric, you know, metrics, mm -hmm. proof, examples that that key performance money, indicators, performance indicators that this money was being spent well, and that was kind of the reasoning behind cutting it down to fifteen from the initial thirty thousand dollar ask was so that they could do a year and come back with some numbers. Well, as as Selectman Bill Kennedy pointed out, there are there already are numbers because they have five years worth of numbers. Um, and so we can take a look at some of them here. Um, the, the main focus in terms of actual numbers that you can get a grip on are about mm -hmm. social media impressions. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess this is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter that they're pulling these impressions from. And they they break it down quarterly so that, um and it i don't see exactly how many posts i think what, what was it like eight a week eight posts a week 
Is that oh, what the? No, I thought it was. I thought it was like a post every two weeks or something. One post every two weeks. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. I could, I could be totally wrong. I don't, I don't think know why I have. I, I, I have I, the number eight in my head. That could be made up. I don't think it's eight every week for sure. Okay. Um, I don't think it was more than one per week. I think it was. Okay. I think it was supposed to be like a couple a month or something like that. All right. So, so like the highest impressions per quarter was in um, 2019 Q4, where they they got 69,000 or so organic impressions, with another 122,000 paid impressions. It's probably so, the month that I was featured. I'm probably. Guessing. Probably. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't think that's true. <laughs> but they ra- they range. The impressions range from about eighty seven thousand to one hundred ninety two thousand um, during that time, and so yeah. this is like, yeah, hashtags and posting stuff on the social media platforms. The hashtags, like, I don't know why I'm I'm reading that off of the page. Like, there, I don't even know if they're necessarily special hashtags for Peterborough, but that's how many people there there are actually, no, there are Um, like on Instagram, hashtag Peterborough NH is something that I actually follow. And a lot of people do. And I think people have followed me from, I used to do it. I kind of stopped doing it because I'm lazy and I don't hashtag anything anymore. But when I was hashtagging pictures of, of my own on my personal Instagram and tagging it like Peterborough NH, I would get a lot of randos um, seeing them oh, okay. and sometimes following me actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, so it, is a thing. it is a I've real seen thing. The, yeah. I've seen the fa- hashtag faces of Peter bro and the hashtag yep. secrets of Peter bro. And those are EDA hashtags. Nice. Um, so, and they also look at who drives traffic onto mm-hmm. the town of Peter bro's website. Ah. And social, mm-hmm. Like um, over 90% of referrals during this time period seems to have come from social media from Facebook in particular onto peterrownh.gov and then there's also the Peterborough yeah, actually, I want to point out that's particularly interesting because I don't think that they were posting like dispatches and shit like that necessarily yet on their Facebook page so it probably oh. is really truly all from like EDA posts because because you remember during COVID is when they I think they started with, I think the dispatch started with COVID. I think it was like the, the every two weeks, like the town of Peterborough is giving you a dispatch to let you know what's going on. Like, because we're in a lockdown, like that's how that started. I think. Well, good point because this actually does specify that that 90% figure is from September through December, 2020. So that, Mm. that might be included in that figure. Probably is. It probably is. Yep. And that's the only that's the only time span that they give the web referrals for. And then they have a section called anecdotes and this goes into a little more detail from what the that business owner Megan Swoko mm-hmm. who spoke mm-hmm. at the um deliberative session about moving to town because of the EDA's posts that she viewed and how she knows <laughs> other people Which who I have, I just I probably questionably so, but I just want to say in a way Cause I, and I can't really say anything because there's nothing, there's, there's no person that I can actually quote on this subject, but I know that there are people that disagree with her account about why she moved here. And that's all I will say about that. She seems like a very lovely person who went to high school a couple towns away from me around the same time that I was in high school. I might've crossed paths with her in life. Um, mm. So no disparagement intended, but I just know that there are some people that disagree with the certain characterizations there, but go on, please. Okay. Um, but she, she had alluded to knowing, I think up to six other businesses who had moved to town because of the EDA's posts. And there are two more that are mentioned in this uh, 2021 report. Uh, one of them being, the owners who who have recently renovated and taken over Cranberry Meadow Farm and in, mm. and the other one being really? huh. being Dan Patrone, the real estate magnate. Magnate, what's the right what's the right noun there? Magnet, yeah, magnate, magnet. So the, that's the, that's in their anecdote section. 
Well, you know, as the kids would say, um, like big, if true, you know, like um, Cranberry Meadow Farm and Dan Patron are both huge enterprises in the community, um, in a sense. I mean, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, like by our scale and standards, like I think that the opening of Cranberry Meadow Farm as like a little kind of resort-ish type space is a rather big addition to the town. Um, especially since we don't have a lot of lodging, um, and they seem to be doing Mm -hmm. something rather nice. I don't know. Um, I once disparaged what they were doing and got a lot of hate for it. So I'm very careful about that. I just want to say I've been convinced by many people that the Cranberry Meadow farm people are benevolent. So So, uh, how, what did you disparage? We don't have to go into it if you don't want to. I don't want, I already got shit for it and I'm not going to eat it. Did you think they were growing cranberries and you got (laughs) schooled? It wasn't that. It wasn't that. I'm I'm not going to say anything bad. I think that they're very nice and I'm appreciative that they're bringing this business to town. And Dan Patron is, uh, is, is Sam's, Sam's got a bean group fleece on, you know, he's a, uh, Dan's a bean group, another bean group guy. Um, I feel, I think fairly well known. He's got, does he still have the billboard up? He's got, I think he's got the no. billboard up on Temple Mountain. No, it's no, down. That's been down. Did it get taken over by the abortion people? That was only after it got taken over by Ben Sugar Shack. Maple oh, Tours. okay. The, the yeah. syrup magnet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The syrup I mean, magnet. You talk about a magnet. No, yeah. yeah. Now, it's, now it's the don't, don't abort your baby. They, they took over all of them. Almost, nearly. Damn. Three. Put up another billboard. <laughs> Get that out of there. <laughs> but all right, look, like again, I I don't know. I mean, I, I like I'm not. I'm certainly not calling anybody a liar. That I just I just think I think I think that a reasonable person would doubt both of those stories. I do. <laughs> I don't, you know, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't. I don't want to call anybody a liar. I think it's big if true. I don't doubt that these people may have said something along those lines or that maybe it contributed to it. I, I find it super hard to believe that social media posts are truly th- what is making people's decisions in life to like open huge <laughs> businesses. Here. I don't know. I, 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 maybe people, maybe that is how people think about these things. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I'm not saying that it's not true. I'm just saying I, we can't really we have test. There's testimony. There's anecdotal testimony. Again, I'm not calling anybody a liar. It's maybe it's true and it's big. In any case, I believe, and I said this. I said this last week. I believe that there are very. I think that a reasonable person could take either position on this issue, and I think that reasonable people have taken both sides on this issue. I don't think it's an issue to get really mad at people about personally, because again, it the penny wise and pound foolish people, even if we hate this and don't want to pass it are right in the sense that in a $13 million budget, $15,000 is pennies. It really is. It's pennies. We're talking mm-hmm. about pennies. There's almost no consequence negatively if we spent 15k on social media marketing but there's another side there's another side and and let me just say this was on not on the peterborough page but on our post um of it um so carol nelson is said notable resident um has pointed out first um says fyi gene resigned from the eda in march when the budget committee and select board originally voted on this so in other words um making the point that Gene Deach, who in the deliberative session was speaking very forcefully on behalf of the EDA, is actually no longer on the EDA. So maybe that matters. Maybe it doesn't. But I'm just all I want to do is relay the facts that have been. I want to relay the things that have been passed along to us without passing judgment on them. So I'm just Mm -hmm. pointing that out. I want our listeners to have all the facts that they have. And then Carol goes on. To say, and just to be clear, Danica, who is our town planner, Danica Malone, I like Danica, um, suggested back in October of 2021 that her department could uh, could absorb 
the tasks of running the Peterborough Works website, which they are currently doing, and also the social media posts. She didn't offer to do it herself, although she does have a marketing background, but there are skilled, knowledgeable, and willing people in her department ready to step up and take over if necessary. And I think, I don't know for sure, Carol can probably confirm, I'm guessing that that I'm guessing that she made that comment in response to something that I said, which was that all is that, which is that, you know, I think I pointed, I I think I said this from a management perspective, that it's important when we look at people who have jobs and they have tasks and they have descriptions, that people who have jobs, we should never assume that they have a bunch of downtime, which with which we can fill with additional tasks. Right. Um, I think that's wrong from both a management perspective and from like a labor perspective, right? Um, but so, so her, her comment is encountered to that, which is to say that it's not unfair to Danica to suggest that Danica and her people could do this because Danica herself has offered this, which it, that's a fair counterpoint. Okay. So I wasn't aware that Danica said that. And, uh, and I will say, I don't think he would mind me saying this. Bill Taylor has said privately to me the same thing. Um, which is that they have said that they're willing and able to do it, um, which I don't think was effectively communicated in the meeting. So that's that's good to know. Now, mm-hmm. um, Bill select select person Bill Kennedy responds directly to Carol in saying, and this was not res- Carol did not respond to this, um, but Bill says a question: Carol Nelson, do you plan to hold Danica to the same scrutiny as you have done to the EDA? Do you plan to assess what work her department has done or plans to do on behalf of the EDA? Since this seems to be important to you, perhaps you should join the EDA marketing team. So that's the little, that's the extent of the exchange there. And it is an interesting question. If, if we have town staff do it, will they um, have the same scrutiny? Should they have the same scrutiny in the sense that there's not necessarily an extra spend if town staff are doing this? You know what I'm saying? Like in the case of if a contract goes out to drum or anybody else, we're paying 15K and we want to know if we're getting something on the 15K. Whereas if we're not spending the 15K and it's just absorbed by town staff, there's less pressure to get a return on that. And I think if people feel that way, there is a, it's a little bit rational, I think. And, 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 and then the counter counterpoint, of course, I'm, I'm playing devil's devil's advocate here, um, is to say that, um, p- perhaps, perhaps then you could argue that there is a return that we would get on the 15K that we would not get if the town staff were doing the job, either because of the more stringent expectations or some other factor. I don't know. Like I said, very fine people on both sides here, mm-hmm. guys. Um, you know, it's very interesting. Again, if our listeners want um, us to actually have both sides on to foster more discussion about this before the vote, we can do it. We can we can figure it out if there's enough if there's enough demand for this. So please, if you want this, make your case and make it loudly and get your friends to do it too, because if there's enough noise, we'll do it. I'll just put it that way. Um, The only other thing I wanted to say is um, not on this particular subject, but I am very curious about this um, because I sort of invited him to say more and he did not. But on when I shared our post in the Peterborough group, uh, Bill Kennedy also responded to that one in saying, and this is in reference to the ballot, when we talked about, we were making jokes about supervisors of the checklist and how we Um. could ask them race-based questions. His comment is, careful, the free staters are taking over the voter list for nefarious purposes. And that's an interesting accusation that I would really like to know more about. Um, Because it does sound like there's some controversy with this. (laughs) All all jokes aside, (laughs) we we and we made plenty of them. Um, But all jokes aside, it seems like there actually might be an issue here, and we might actually need to include them in our debate. So more to come on that. I'd like to get to the. I'd like to hear what the story, the or the alleged story is on this. Unless that was also a joke. Who knows. 
I bet you Bill can clear it up for us. We'll reach out to him before this episode actually comes out and we'll find out um, and we'll see what's going on. Um, but also, the, and the only other thing that I'll say is that, um, and I like to think that this will be, I think we can probably make this happen next week to come out the following week. And we've been telling him he's got to get his ass on here because of campaign season anyway. But Bill Taylor has, as you might imagine, some very, very, very strong feelings about this and would really like to come on this program specifically to talk about them. So I think hopefully we will schedule him next week um, to come out the week after. And um, and because we very much um, welcome this, we'll continue this conversation. So, yeah, sounds great. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Was there anything else we, we really needed to cover this week or should we kind of call it given that we had the discussion at the beginning of the episode? And uh, I think we have a full full episode here. I don't know anything. Anything we're really neglecting in Temple or having a quiet yeah, week over there? Yeah, I don't want to be Peterborough chauvinist again. I'm sorry, but nothing I'm aware of. No. <laughs> oh, we know. And that's also, not I just true. Say Actually, there is something the uh, that I should have been aware of. Maybe in September, I met the woman who works at the post office. She came from Greenville in September when the current post, what have you, retired, and she seemed very mm-hmm. nice. I mailed, nice. some, mailed some letters yesterday. Yeah, there you go. So that's awesome. She likes the hours. And I better. will also, I'll, I should also say that, you know, from the, you know, in our defense on the Peterborough chauvinism thing, we actually know a lot of stories about things that are going on in Temple that we just don't have permission to actually share. Um, <laughs> so if there's anybody out there who wants to come on this show and talk on the record about shit that we already know, is that we know what's going on, guys. Temple has the actually the best drama in the Manadoc region. Man, you think our $13,000 fight is exciting. Temple has way more interesting things going on, but we have no firsthand knowledge of it. Our secondhand knowledge is private, completely off the record. We're not going to even share where it comes from or what it is. But if any of you fine, fine Temple people would like to come on and tell stories, We'll give you a whole episode to make up for all of our Peter Bro chauvinism. Um, so that is a standing offer that I put out there. And um, sorry, the categories. <laughs> um, so on that note, guys, campaign season's underway. It's Holy Week. There's all kinds of stuff going on. We got, come to Brandy's event. Come and see us. Come talk to us. We'll talk to you about politics, not just art. If you corner us, you know what I mean? Come to the library. Come see Chad and Brandy. Special thanks to Chad, Sound Lord, as always. If you want, like, seriously, come and meet our Sound Lord. He's as nice as I make him sound. Like, it's not, this is not a bunch of bullshit that I'm feeding you. He's really a great guy. And so is Brandy. And her art is amazing, and Chad's music is amazing, and they're coming to Peterborough from Manchester. Let's make them feel welcome, um, as they should. And, uh, you know, come out. Come see us. Come see them. It'll be a really nice time. Maybe we'll go out afterwards. Who knows? Um, anything's possible on Friday night in Peterborough. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Soundlord Chad, though, Studio117.net for all of your sound production needs, whatever it is that you want. Down by 10 for any of your events that you need a cover band out again we're you know can't say anything but like we're looking at possible ways to bring them to peterborough this summer and fall maybe maybe we'll get them down here for a for a little for an hour-long set and part as part of an event or two or something like that who knows guys right all right thank you for joining us as always until we meet again next time hopefully with more ranker and fun do what you got to do out there and take good advice we'll see you next time